and we are live with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nicholas Bavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson. And Andrew, it has certainly been a very strong first half of the season for the National Basketball Association. The All-Star break is just right around the corner, but we have had a lot of you know, huge breaking news storylines when it comes down to the NBA trade deadline. A major trade just happened this past, you know, the past couple of days. And certainly enough, there's going to be a lot more with the trade deadline this upcoming Thursday. I agree with you 100%. This is my favorite sport to cover. I think it is the best sport or the premier sport to watch. I don't care uh, so much. You could say, you could talk your trash about, I'll oh, say hockey is the best or football is the best, which a lot of people say baseball is the best. I think this is the best league because it is a star-driven league. It feeds off drama. It feeds off tension, storylines. Uh, if there was a WWE equivalent to a big four of <laughs> uh, sports in here in North America, basketball would be the WWE equivalent. Not surprised that was your comparison when it comes to that. I mean, um, listen, it, it's a st- they're both storage. Let's be real. WWE is predetermined. No, but, yeah, but they're both like you know NBA and WWE. They're both story-driven programs. You know, no one's really watching football for like the drama and stuff like that. People live for the Kyrie drama. They live for the LeBron drama. They live for this kind of stuff. They live to see the you know the thirty-one memes. They, it's like a sport like any unlike any other. You know, I'm glad you brought up one of those guys because that's going to be a perfect segue into our first topic of the show. Before we get into any recap of the first half of the NBA season. Let's talk about this Kyrie Irving uh, news. So obviously, if everyone's not aware, which I'm pretty sure everyone is, Kyrie Irving requested a trade from the Brooklyn Nets. And it's a very, kind of a surprising thing if you have to think about it. Obviously, there was the rumors that he would be leaving in the offseason to go play for a team like the Lakers and go join up with LeBron James once again. And you got to think about where the Nets are currently. They're, what, a top five seat in the Eastern Conference. A lot of people believe they could get out of the East and make it to the NBA Finals once Kevin Durant comes back from injury. So... When Kyrie Irving requests this trade from the team, it came at a very surprising time. Obviously, in the offseason, Kevin Durant had requested a trade. No really traction went into that. They traded James Harden away to Philadelphia and got Ben Simmons, obviously. So when this news came about, it was really kind of a shocking turn of events considering how the next season was going. And then, you know, the rumors are starting up. Kyrie's going to the Lakers. Kyrie's going to maybe Phoenix. Kyrie's going to the Clippers. Well, at the end of the day, the Dallas Mavericks are the winners in the Kyrie Irving sweepstakes. Kyrie Irving traded to Dallas for a really, you know, a lot of people, including myself, I think this is not a great trade on the Nets' behalf, but maybe I'm wrong about it. That's traded Kyrie Irving and Markeith Morris to the Dallas Mavericks, and in exchange, they get Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, who now reunites with the Nets, a 2029 first round pick and two second round picks. So major get for Dallas. Obviously we had known for weeks, even months that they were trying to get another superstar to pair alongside uh, Luka Doncic. So now they get that second star next to him and really increases the Dallas Mavericks chances of winning an NBA championship this season. And meanwhile, for the Nets, now you have to wonder where do they go from here and what's the status of Kevin Durant? Obviously, it doesn't look like he's going to be traded this upcoming Thursday, but there's a strong possibility he's going to ask for another trade request in the offseason. So the Nets are really in a bad spot right now when it comes down to it. And it's really surprising considering that the fact that even with Kevin Durant and the current roster, they still have a legitimate chance to make it out of the Easter Conference this season. 
All right, Nick, I agreed with a lot of things you said up until that Except last for that. one. I yeah, know. the Nets are DOA. They went from having Kyrie Irving, ben, uh, James Harden, and Kevin Durant to having Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, and a bunch of role players. I'm not buying on Nick Claxton. I think he's super overrated. Uh, I'm not gonna buy on the other. I'm not gonna buy on the other Curry brother. I think he's a very good addition, but he's not a. Um, he's a complimentary piece. He's not a main focus of an offense. Cam Thomas has shown some promise, but. This is his Jeremy Lin saga. He'll be like this for a couple of weeks and then come back down to earth. And Ben Simmons is Ben Simmons. The guy doesn't know how to score the basketball still. He's been in the league for six years now, I think since 2016. Correct me if I'm wrong, Nick. And he doesn't know how to score the basketball. 20, I want to say the 2017 draft, but maybe I'm wrong about that. I think it was the 2016 draft. I think it was because uh, Cat was 2015, and then 2016 was Ben Simmons. I think you're right because you got to remember Ben Simmons didn't start until technically 2017. Correct. That's he didn't start the 2017, 2018 season. Right. You're correct with that. Right. But yeah, Ben Simmons, he's a, he's an over he, he's a center of handles. That's all he is. If Mitchell Robinson had handles, he'd be Ben Simmons. And you know me, I'm not the biggest fan of Ben Simmons. I have not been a fan of him since he got drafted in the NBA. I just really thought he was you know, no disrespect to him, but I just really felt as if he was overrated. And oh, you could be disrespectful. I mean, let's be real at this point. You've been you're an NBA point he, he plays point guard in the National Basketball Association. In the era of the jump shot, he's a point guard, and he can't shoot outside the paint. That's a problem. You could say, okay, for the first year or two, you're developing your shot, whatever. There are players like Brooke Lopez who have completely reinvented themselves in the last couple of years. Remember Brooke Lopez in 2017 or 2016 when he was on the Nets? How many free pointers did you see Brooke Lopez take 10 years ago? I couldn't Zero. even talk about yeah. Zero. Now he's Splash right. Mountain. So these players can redefine themselves when they choose to. Ben Simmons just hasn't chosen. He hasn't chosen to. So I'm not buying them the Nets to make it to make it out of the East. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy on them to probably finish top five because I don't see the Knicks catching up to them and I don't see the Heat overtaking them as well. I think they have a four and a half game buffer. There's about 25, 30 games left in the season. Now I think that's gonna be enough for them to kind of coast into a five or six seed. And then they're going to get bounced by whoever the free seed is, if it, whether it be Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Cleveland. I'm not going to put Boston in there because I think they locked up the one seed, but I think any of those uh, seeds between two to four uh, can end up as the free seed. So I think they will will get bounced by one of those teams. Yeah, I mean, and you know, you got into it a little bit. Like, obviously, Boston and Milwaukee are at the top of the Eastern Conference, separated by just one game. Philadelphia, not that far behind them as well. They're three games back. But the Nets are in a spot where they're. You're right. They could be a top four, top five seed. And right now, at the season ended today, they'd be playing the Cleveland Cavaliers in the first round. So it would certainly not be an easy matchup for Brooklyn, especially after this trade. Now, the biggest story, in my opinion, is now what does this do for Dallas? Now, obviously, there hasn't been an extension talks yet with Kyrie. It looks like potentially, excuse me, he might be going into the offseason and trying to figure out what he's going to be doing, whether that be the Lakers or maybe signing back with Dallas. So for this upcoming season, Johnson, does this put Dallas as a top you know what? I three can't contender figure out. for the finals? You know what I can't fi- uh, I would uh, – it's so tough, and I'll get into this in a second. Yeah. This is what I don't understand about Dallas. Dallas is in the great state of Texas that has no income tax. So if you're a multimillionaire athlete – who wants to keep as much of their paycheck as possible? You're keeping a lot more because they have no, they don't have a state or um, or a lot. In a lot of cases, a local income tax. Uh, let's say, like a city, New York, the city, New York. Right. Has. So right. Kyrie Irving, let's say he was making his thirty million dollars. 
he's going to keep a couple more million dollars a year just by playing in, in Texas. The weather's great. The fans are great in Dallas. Uh, you have a, I'll say, a good owner. I think he is a sometimes a little pompous, a very passionate owner. You could say that. I would say sure. very, I would say very passionate. He wants to win no matter what. He's not Absolutely. afraid. He's not afraid to cut checks unless it's to their star player. Sorry, Dirk. Uh, but this is why he traded for Kyrie. If you've looked at the stats, with when Luka Doncic hasn't played this se- this season for Mavericks. The Mavericks are almost dead last in every conceivable category. Yeah, whether I think it's they're winless, game, too. Yeah, whether it's rebounds, assists, field goal percentage, defensive win, sh- uh, defensive, uh, win shares, or whatever it is, whatever the stat you want to take a look at. They are dead last or next to dead last. So you're talking about a team, if you remove them from Luka, they are worse than the Detroit Pistons, the Orlando Magic. They are worse than the Houston Rockets. They're a bottom-of-the-barrel team. So you trade Luke, a co-star... For Luca, they already have a good. I'm gonna call him tertiary piece in Christian Wood. I think he's a fantastic player, but he's not that second guy, at least not yet. No, if not, prove me wrong. But you trade for a guy like Kyrie to keep Luca happy, because right. if not, Luca's gonna leave the. Fr- he's. I don't think this is gonna be a Dirk the Witzig well, story, where right. he's gonna save the franchise. Uh, I think Luca will get up and leave in a couple of years if he doesn't have the proper help. Well, keep in mind, remember, if they can't bring back Kyrie, they're going to have enough money in the offseason to sign another max max free agent. So if they can't bring back Kyrie Irving, they still have a really good opportunity to sign a big-time free agent to appease Luka. So the Dallas Mavericks realistically have the ball ball in their court when it comes down to this entire deal. You can bring back Kyrie, and you match him with Luka for the next couple years. You can even sign someone different in the offseason and try to match him up with Luka. The the ball, like I said, is in Dallas' court. The question is going to be where do they go from here? Can they make a run to the finals this season if this is potentially going to be Kyrie's last year with them? The Dallas Mavericks have a great opportunity, though. I mean, I'm not going to say the Western Conference is open because it's been a very good year for both, you know, for the basically both conferences when it comes down to the top five seeds. But Dallas with this trade significantly, you know, moves up in the, you know, trajectory of who's going to win the NBA championship this year. Their odds significantly went up and, you know, if you look at most sports books, I mean, they're probably the fifth favorite right now to win the NBA championship. So this trade definitely helps Dallas in a sense. And for Brooklyn, like you said, it, it looks like they're trying to rebuild for the future at this rate because it doesn't seem like Kevin Durant might be there any longer too. So it's a tough time to be a Nets fan potentially. So this is how I look at it. And I guess we'll go into, uh, I guess we could start our first half recap and kind of yeah. talk about some of these teams now. Right. Denver, outstanding. I, I kind of had a feeling Denver was kind of my dark horse to go to the finals this year in the beginning. They are no dark and horse right now. They are definitely they have, a, they have a betting favorites right now to at least make the finals, if not win the whole thing. I think they're the they second are, best uh, that I mean, probably behind Boston, off, right? right behind Boston, yep. Yeah, right behind Boston. I think they're better than Boston. Here's why. Denver has been almost unstoppable on their home floor. They're 25-4 and four at home. Absolutely in, insane right now. That's a great Boston, record. Yeah. Boston's twenty and seven. Now, yeah. Twenty and seven is still pretty good, but twenty five and four is eons better than that. So when you go into Denver, you're probably you're probably losing. So as long as Denver can get the number one overall seed in this whole thing, they should win. They are mediocre on the road, Val. They're one game below five hundred. They're twelve and right. thirteen on the road. On the road, where Boston's eighteen and nine. A lot better in that category. One of the better teams in the NBA on the road. So if Boston and Denver were to meet in the finals, it's an 
unstoppable force meets an immovable object in this, where Boston's such a good road team and Denver's such a good home team, something's going to have to give. So I think that would be the final that finals that hardcore NBA fans would really enjoy seeing, especially with how deep these two teams are. Let's talk about, I guess, the front runners, which would be Boston and Denver. Uh, Denver, you know, having a mediocre season last year because they're lacking their star power, or I should say their role players. A lot of, a lot of injuries. Yeah, they were lacking Jamal Murray. They were, they were lacking uh, Michael Porter, both of which are healthy now. Not 100%, but, man, Michael Porter looks special. It was 16-5 and five a game, 48-40, shooting splits. Jamal Murray put in 20 a game. Aaron Gordon, which has he has finally emerged as that third or fourth piece on this team. He's looking not like Orlando Aaron Gordon, but kind of like a souped-up version because Orlando Aaron Gordon would be like a 20-8 and eight kind of guy, right? This right. guy's more like a 17 and 7 type of guy, which is fantastic when you have to realize we've got the guy doing it all right now. 25, 10, and 11 on the most ridiculous shooting stats I've ever seen. 70 and a half true shooting percentage. This guy might win his third straight MVP. And I said at the beginning of the year that the only way he wins another MVP would be if he absolutely blows it out of the water again, which he's doing right now. This is another historic season. But let's talk about Boston right now how deep Boston is right now. Of course, you have that two-headed monster in Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, uh, right. all-stars. You know, Jason Tatum in the MVP category. I would right say now. he's MVP right behind I would say he's right behind Jokic in the MVP right now. And then when you think about it, rounding it out, they have Derek White. They've got Marcus Smart, two really defense-first guards, and Al Horford in the middle coming back and having, I don't want to say a resurgence season, but a... A serviceable year for a veteran. Yeah, I mean, he's hit, no, he's hitting it from deep. He's, but, you know, he could rebound, he could still score. And when you talk about the bench, Malcolm Brogdon is coming off the bench. He is their sixth man. That guy was an, you know, NBA Rookie of the Year a couple of years ago for uh, for Indiana. And we know he could put up, like, easily 20-6 and six or 18-8 and eight easily. But he's coming off the bench and putting up 14-4 and four and four a game. He's 62% true shooting. He is a true sixth man this year. He could start on probably 29 other NBA teams right now. Right. I mean, we said it when that trade. Right. We said it when that trade would happen. So this was a great get for Boston because realistically, they just needed one more guy off the bench to really, truly be that sixth man to help with their scoring. And Brockton has been really that to start off the season. And remember, if they get, get Robert Williams fully healthy, too, that's another dangerous asset for them. A really good defensive center to pair alongside Al Horford. So. Really, realistically, those two teams have been off to a monster star. And as you said, I think Jokic and Tatum right now have to be the top two favorites to potentially win the MVP this season. I think, uh, you know, we picked Luka Doncic when we did our original predictions. I think the injuries have are potentially going to cost them that just because he's been out for a little bit. But depends on how he finishes. Yeah, exactly. It really will depend, and especially with Kyrie coming now. I think that will if help. Dallas him a lot. can catapult themselves in the top two, but four games out. If Dallas finishes top two and Lucas still continues to show out, I, I think the media fatigue might get to Jokic because they'll have that narrative going into. Like I said, this is a narrative-driven sport. Unlike the unlike the NFL, unlike the NHL, unlike Major League Soccer or baseball, this is whoever has the best story. You know, gets the MVP, rookie of the year, coach of the year, whoever has the best story. Doesn't have to be the best player. It's whoever has the best story that year. Well, when it comes to storyline, let's let's talk about some of our first half recaps before we get into some trade deadline rumors. Um, 
Johnson, what were, who would you say team wise who has been the biggest? We'll do our biggest surprise and our biggest disappointment based off the first half of the NBA season. So let's start off with who do you think is the biggest surprise so far in the NBA? Ooh, I mean, biggest surprise, I guess, for me would be the Kings. I had the Kings, remember, getting in the playoffs as either the 10 or the 9 seed. I thought they right. were going to speak it out. Uh, you know, if you would have asked me this two months ago, I would have said the Utah Jazz. Right. I would have said the Utah Jazz two months ago, but the Kings, we kind of knew with uh, they were building something special there with uh, Sabonis, and they got uh, De'Aaron Fox. You still have um, some great role players on this side, like Harrison, Harrison Barnes, Barnes. Right. Yeah, yeah, like a Kevin Huerter. So you have some good, good role players there. But we didn't think they would be this good. So I'd say the biggest surprise for me personally would have to be the Sacramento Kings. On the other side now, I think the most disappointing team is maybe the Toronto Raptors right now. Yeah, I mean, they're a team that has a lot of really good talent and depth, and they just have not been good off the get-go and right now i couldn't even tell you i've seen them kill the knicks a couple times the knicks are a couple games over 500 like kind of like i predicted i thought the knicks would be like a 10 seed a 9 seed they win 42 43 games which is kind of what on what they're on pace right now yeah they're on 7 seed right now right now so let's see maybe they can keep that i would say the raptors uh if this was a month earlier i probably would have said the hawks the hawks have had a fall from grace the bulls i mean a lot can change in the next two months or so, but to have the lowly Knicks ahead of half your conference, that's not really good, especially when you have uh, potential all-NBA talent in Pascal Siakam. Uh, you have Gary Trent. Fred Van Fleet hasn't been very good this season. He's been a glorified chucker this season. OG Anobi's very good, but Scotty Barnes took a huge, huge step back from his rookie year. Right. Um, he's that's been getting it. better as of late, but he doesn't look like the same for the first Two months of a season, which is a long time in the NBA, for the first really 30 games of the season, he didn't look like the Scotty Barnes of last year. He looked it's uh, the old uh, sophomore slump. That's he's usually his. But he hasn't, as, you know, in the last month or so, he has been starting to pull out of it. So hopefully, he's here to stay. But those first couple 20 or 30 games are a little uh, brutal for him. Yeah. And when it comes down to, for me, when it comes down to bigger surprise, and I think we, I kind of mentioned this to you a couple of days ago. I want to give a good shout-out to the Oklahoma City Thunder. Listen, I understand right now they're not in the playoffs. They're only a game out of that last spot. This team was supposed to be projected to what? Be the worst team in the NBA potentially again and have the number one pick and get Victor Wembanyama. They are right now, they're looking really good. This is without Chet Holmgren. I think they're doing. there's something very, you know, very good brewing in Oklahoma City. And once Chet comes back, they could be a dangerous team in the Western Conference for the next couple of years. And you, you, you're seeing uh, Shai Gilgis-Alexander. He is a MVP candidate for sure. He's been having an unbelievable season for them. Josh Giddy is also a great asset for the team as well. They, there's something brewing for the Thunder. If they can just get a couple, maybe pieces of the deadline potentially, or if they just keep developing their talent again, Chet Holmgren back, they could maybe even sneak into the playoffs this season. That's how decent they've been enough just to get to this point of the year. Well, now, Nick. Go ahead. You you mentioned all those guys. You didn't mention one guy, Bill, who's really the unsung hero, and you're kind of proving that right now. I'm not calling you out, but Lou Dort. Yeah. Lou, that's Lou true. Dort that's is true. An unsung hero on both sides of the ball. He's not the greatest. Uh, let's say the greatest. He was known for his defense for the first couple of years in the NBA. I would say. I don't want to say he's the greatest shooter, but he still shoots it slightly above average. But he's not the greatest finisher, is what I'm looking to say. And if right. you remember, we saw him play Arizona in our. Uh, 
in an Arizona State game live a couple of years in the NCAA right. tournament. We saw who was this little Dort guy. We didn't even know about him. We saw him like, wow, he's probably going to get drafted. And when he didn't get drafted, I was a little surprised by that. But the Thunder have so- taken this raw talent and developed it into not only a rotation player, to an, an NBA starting caliber player. So their development, uh, their training and development staff deserves a huge shout out for that. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think there is something that's going very much well on in Oklahoma City. The question is going to be, when will Chet come back? And when he does come back, can that mesh into the current format that they have going on with this team? Because you're seeing it. They're getting great contributions out of all of them. And you even said it. Lou Dort's having himself a very good year. Dare I say maybe the most improved player in the NBA right now? If I had to give it a word, he might be up there in you know category when it comes down to that. He's having a great season. You're right. I definitely forgot about him. He's definitely been an unsung hero for that team. All now, right, oh, my bad. I, I don't want to interrupt you. I was going to say, for my biggest disappointment, if I had to pick one, I'd probably be the Chicago Bulls. And the only reason is we thought they would be a top seat in the Eastern Conference. But I think you're starting to see, without Lonzo Ball, they're really taking a step back when it comes down to the point guard situation. So there's rumors that they might be selling at the trade deadline, maybe you could see Zach Levine get traded if he starts to get a little bit unhappy. I severely doubt it happens at this deadline, but in the offseason, that could be something to monitor. Alex Caruso might be getting traded. So just for a quick snippet, I would say if I had to pick a disappointing team in the NBA, I would probably pick the Chicago Bulls just because they haven't really played up to par what we thought they would be this season. Uh, yeah, I think that's a, uh, a fair analysis with the Chicago Bulls. That's another team that's really disappointing. You right. have, And like we said, they were going to miss Lonzo. I said, depending on when they'd get Lonzo back, because Lonzo was the heart and soul of that defense. You don't have Al. I mean, you have Alex Caruso, right. but he's no uh, he's no Lonzo Ball. No offense to him. No, uh, he's definitely not. Lonzo was an, an elite three and D player, and I think that's a disservice because he could pass the ball, he could finish, he can do a lot more. But his role with uh, those other guys ahead of him, Zach Levine, Vucevic, uh, Nikola Vucevic, and uh, Mar DeRozan, he was really relegated to the fall, or really relegated is relegated to the fourth option there. Uh, yeah, but missing him on defense and not having him be run your offense is definitely hurting them. Yeah, I mean, like I said, they might be a team that's selling at the trade deadline, but there's also another couple of teams that are also might be selling at the trade deadline. The Toronto Raptors, they are, you know, you said that they're one of the biggest disappointments in the NBA. It's proving they might be selling guys like Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananubi. I mean, I don't know where they go from here because right now, the season ended today, they would be missing the NBA playoffs. The Atlanta Hawks, maybe they are a team that sells at the trade deadline. Um, and then the Phoenix Suns, as of late, have started to get you know a little bit of rhythm, starting to win some games. Devin Booker is coming back from injury. But they were also a team to be rumored to maybe potentially selling. They were one of the teams in on the Kyrie Irving sweepstakes. They were even off, you know, offering Chris Paul and Jay Crowder in that deal. And... It really goes to show you, we they don't really know what their direction is at the current moment. I'm gonna say one thing: Phoenix isn't gonna sell because they're four games out of the uh, out of a two seed, right. and it's way too late to tank for one Benaya. So I think any of these teams that are currently a I don't want to say lock for the playoff, but are on the right side looking in right now, they're gonna be buying or looking to buy. Any of these teams on the wrong on the uh, outside looking in right now, so teams like Toronto or Washington, or even Indiana, which is technically tied for Toronto right now, those will be your teams that will be looking to sell. Right. And it's it's really tough when you're like in this play-in situation because, yes, you want to get into the playoffs and you know maybe make that run. But at the same time, you have to think to yourself, 
what at, the position of this team in its current format, if I was able to add what a lot of people believe to be a generational talent in Victor Wembanyama, I mean, that you have to consider trying to get some assets in the draft to potentially get a guy like that that could potentially save your franchise. So for those play-in teams, it's a tough decision to make, especially with the trade deadline coming up this Thursday. You know, you have these a lot. If these teams have to, you know, what they have to say they this. If I was a GM, this is how I would decide. I would look at my roster. If I add an all NBA player, would I be at least a consideration to make the NBA Finals? Right. Like if I'm the Knicks, if I add someone like a Steph Curry, a Kevin Durant, uh, a LeBron James, a Luka Doncic, or Nikola Jokic, would I be a favorite to make the Finals? If the answer is yes, you should buy. If the answer is no, you should sell. That would be my. That's how I would gauge it. Now you brought up the Knicks, and we'll we'll get into this last part of our NBA trade deadline, you know, preview. What what would you say as a, as we're both Knicks fans? What would you say they need the most potentially at this trade deadline? We obviously heard uh, the rumors today that they, they need to get healthy. Yeah, that's also true. There's rumors that they might not be going after OJ Anunoby after all. There was rumors that they were looking to get him, but it seems as if that is cooled off a little bit. They're not going to be looking to trade for him. So. Would there be a person on the trade, you know, block that you would want to add, or do you think that if they just get healthy enough, this team could still make the playoffs? I am sick of the New York media, and this is what I want the Knicks to do. I want the Knicks to get someone that's not even on our radar as fans. I want them to go do their homework and see who would fit the schemes best designed by the coach. Uh, I don't want to go like, oh yeah, we should just go for X superstar, and I'm not gonna like explain why. Right. Oh, we should get a Zach Levine. Like, why? I'm not gonna say why. Like, I'm not gonna. That's the easy way. Out. That's something for the off season. You can't really get that trade like that during the season. The Kyrie Irving trades probably. What I think we should do is, uh, yeah. and this is gonna sound very sad because I believe in Ovi Top, and even though I think we should have taken Halliburton over him, what Fair. we need to do now is Julius Randle is the first two time All Star for the Knicks, or the second two time All Star for the Knicks since Allen Houston. So Julius Randle has kind of solidified himself that he is sticking around, at least for the interim future. Right. Where does that leave Obi Toppin? We're not going to play him at center because we just paid Mitchell Robinson. And can he play small forward? Is he quick enough? I don't think so. I don't think so. You're also seeing Quentin Grimes play a lot, too. That's the problem also. Yeah, his three-point shot has developed to the point where, okay, you could could be a wing, but is he laterally? is Is he quick enough? Is he quick enough on defense? Uh, you know, how's his perimeter defense? So there's all these questions that he probably can't play small, uh, small forward. So he could play a small ball, small ball four, which is what Julius Randle does, and he's playing on an All Star, maybe All NBA level right now. Right. So I think we should sell Obi Toppin, hopefully for a draft pick or two, or not package him with someone uh, to make to help the Knicks get the second step, maybe a shooting guard or a small forward. That's what the Knicks would really need at this point. And you put Quentin Grimes and quickly on the bench. You give them both 30 minutes a night still. You let those two run the guard, the guard spots and maybe even a little bit that small forward. You have the backup big and Hartenstein. You're showing it to an eight, nine man rotation for the playoffs. And that's how you should really run things. Right. Uh, but I'd be looking to sell Obi Toppin only because he's, you know, he's shown that he's a, he's a good player and give him the chance to actually blossom but I don't want to sell him for some guy that's like, oh, he's a role player like Malik Beasley. I don't want to sell him for that. I would yeah. rather sell him for more of a uh, established star. 
Uh, yeah, I, you include you include draft picks too. I don't know the exact trade what the exact trade would look like, but I would say Obi Top and Evan Fournier for uh, salary filler, and then draft picks. Right. I was looking at a guy like Jordan Clarkson for a team like the Utah Jazz, who are pretty much well known to be selling at this deadline. And you don't even have to give up Obi Toppin. I think it's it's not going to cost you as much. It's a veteran, you know, that has some, you know, playoff experience in his in his past. He's been doing pretty well Honestly, for the Utah Nick, Jazz. You said I, the Jazz. Yeah. This is. I know this will never happen, but if they would sell him, I would buy Laurie Markkinen right now. They said they're not. I know they're not going to, but if that's the one guy in the Jazz I'd want, I'd want Laurie Markkinen. I think for the for, so from what I remember from the rumor, I think the rumor is is that he is untradeable, and Walker Kessler. I think those are the two, and I think someone else. Oh, that's but what a smart organization would do. But so. I, I, they said that those three are off limits. Every, anyone else is available. So, yeah, Markkinen is going to be a franchise guy. He's going to be their next AK forty-seven. And he's been and he's been worth it right now. He's been a great player for that franchise. And, and a year where you said it, they started off the season red hot, looking really strong. Kind of have faltered the last couple of weeks, but as the season ended today, they're still in the playoffs. So there's still something going on for them. And Walker Kessler has looked like a really solid rookie for them as well. So they have some building blocks potentially. They got to fill out the rest of the roster is the problem. And I don't know where they can go from here. I think if if I'm a Knicks fan, I think Clarkson would be a great addition for this team. Gives them but another like, option off the bench. Like, I, what does Clarkson do for us, though? Like, I know he gets buckets, but like we already have quickly and Grimes. Like, where do you play him? I think you got to look at the fact of do you trust like a McBride to be your potential like backup like point guard and stuff like that, and you I give mean, quickly more I mean, minutes we, at backup point guard, and then you have Clarkson I, I know as the backup shooting here. guard. I know what you're saying here, but I, I just don't know. I know he's a bigger guard. Would you trust? Here's my question: Do you trust uh, Quentin Grimes to play more small forward? That's what really boils down to. If you trust I, yeah, him to be your small forward, then I would say go after Clarkson. Right. That's how I would go. If you could say yes, Quentin Grimes, we are committed to you. You can play more minutes at small forward. Uh, you could take RJ's 18, you know, or 14 a night, and play the other 14 or 15 at shooting guard to give Clarkson his 30 minutes a night. And I would say yes, I would I would get Jordan Clarkson, but it also depends on what he costs because the Jazz have won some astronomical prices to the players, but uh, so that's why I'm a little hesitant about you know doing any dealings with Danny Ainge because you're gonna always end up on the losing side of the deal no matter what. No, that, that's definitely fair. I mean, I think it's gonna be really interesting to see how next couple of you know hours go with the deadline being on Thursday. Um, obviously, the Kyrie Irving trade was the biggest story of the entire, pretty much the entire NBA season. Um, I think the biggest domino waiting in the trade deadline is either going to be OJ Adenubi or maybe even Bones Highland from the Denver Nuggets. There's a rumor that they are willing to give him up in a trade. And if the Nuggets are able to add another solid piece to what's already been a great roster and season for them this year, it really could put Denver over the top to win the NBA championship this year. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. If Denver gets another piece, if you can get, if you make Aaron Gordon your fifth best player on the team, you're going to win a championship. Yeah, I that's mean how, that's what it boils. That's what it boils down to. If Aaron Gordon is your fifth best player, if you're starting five and Aaron Gordon's the worst guy on your team, I I would take your chance to win a championship. So when it comes down to it, when the NBA second half upcoming, what are you most looking forward to, other than the trade line, trade deadline? Excuse me, being this Thursday, is there any potential like storyline you're looking into? 
when it comes down to it for the second half of the NBA season. Yeah, uh, my storyline is will the Knicks disappoint? And this is this is my <laughs> this is my analysis. The Knicks have probably the most brutal second half of the season I have ever seen. Uh, they're gonna play the Pacers a couple times. They're gonna play the Wizards a couple times. They're gonna play the Magic twice. One is which is tonight. They're losing by ten already. But other than that, it's going to be it, it's gonna be like Murderers Row. You, you're going against the Pelicans. The Nets, the Celtics, the Kings, Clippers, Lakers, Nuggets, Timberwolves, Heat a couple times, Cavs a couple times. Probably 20 of those last, you know, 30 some odd games are against against teams that are in the playoffs right now. They're going to be against top five, top six teams. So they need to take care of business uh, against the lesser teams. They need to, whether it's 10 lesser teams or nine, they need to go like, Eight and one, or like nine and one, they can't really mess up against them, and they need to take Certainly care. Certainly can't be losing to the Magic, which they're currently doing, as you said. But yeah, like, but yeah, like I said, a twenty-point lead in the NBA means nothing now. No, especially we, this early on. We saw it Sunday with the game against the Philadelphia 76ers. You're absolutely yeah, so right. I mean, so I mean by, by the time this game ends, um, hopefully I'm right. Hopefully the Knicks win, but uh, I, that's gonna be the biggest storyline for me. Will the Knicks actually be able to compete? With Mitchell Robinson coming back, I would lean towards yes because when he is in there, they are like a top seven team by any metric. Just because what he adds on defense right now, because right. no offense to Hartenstein and Sims, I know they're trying, but you just can't compare to Mitchell Robinson defensively what he gives you compared to your backup centers right now. No, yeah, I think that's fair. I, I think when it comes out for me for the biggest storyline, I mean. Originally, my biggest storyline was going to be can some of these teams are currently dealing with injuries overcome them, you know, such as the Golden State Warriors. Obviously, Steph Curry is now out for a couple weeks, and they're currently at the season today where they would be a play-in team. So it's curious. I'm curious to see how they will fare the next couple weeks without Curry, where they've been kind of you know a borderline 500 team this most of this first half of the NBA season. But with the Kyrie Irving trade, I think my biggest storyline now is going to be can. Kyrie and Luka mesh as the second half of the season goes on and if they're able to mesh like as I said earlier in the show is that going to lead them to getting to the NBA finals and potentially winning an NBA championship I, I I think that's a really interesting you know combo because if they're able to mesh it's perfect for Dallas because then they're able to sign back you know Kyrie Irving and they say to Luka hey listen we finally have gotten that second piece that you've been looking for for a while it's you know that's a selling point for them when they go into contract negotiations with Luca in a couple of years. So that will be interesting for me to see in the second half of the year. Yeah, I mean, that's another great uh, storyline we have developing, and I'm looking forward to the, end, the second half of the season. I'm looking forward to All-Star Weekend. Uh, Jalen Brunson was robbed. Let's uh, let's get that get Still out Still a chance there. he makes it with uh, Durant now coming out. He's going to be not making the All Star game this year, so there's yeah, a good I, chance. I, I kind of figured that he Durant is kind of famous at this point. Oh yeah, he's getting voted in as the East All Star captain, and uh, he's going to draft his team, and he's not going to he's not going to play. play so, right. so he's been doing this a lot the last couple of years. Uh, but I will say, I think James Harden does deserve it over Brunson. Right. Uh, he's been absolutely insane. I think he's averaging almost the same amount of points with more assists. On a better team, so if I had to give it, I'd give it to him. He's got to be near. He's got to be averaging near a triple double now. I think he's averaging something like twenty two, eleven, and six. So he's you're not too far off. He's just been absolutely fantastic this year. Uh, so I'll tip my cap to him and say James Harden was robbed as well. 
Uh, and this just goes back to the NBA needs to expand because there's too much talent in the league. When you're going to have guys that are, everyone universally agrees, oh, yes, James Harden and Jalen Brunson should both be all-stars. Like 90% of experts agree or 90% media members agree. Yes, these guys should be all-stars. Pascal Siakam should be an all-star. You need to expand the rosters a little bit and you need to add in more teams because eventually the world is going to run dry. I mean, you have guys like Fred VanVleet getting paid $20 million a year. If you have a guy like Jalen Brunson that's getting paid $25 million a year right now, uh, there's a lot more players that deserve max contracts out there. And unfortunately, they can't do it, one, because of the media rights and the salary cap and yada, yada, yada. But if you add in a second team, or I'm sorry, a, a, two more teams, let's say in Seattle or Mexico City or uh, Vegas, wherever you, wherever you please, you, you pretty much open up $300 million in cap space to the league. So you're going to let these guys get paid. There's, your media deals are going to be better. It's just it's healthier for the league because with the amount of talent there is, there is right now, I don't think we would suffer from an expansion draft. You can correct me if I'm wrong about that, Nick. But no, if you, I, I think you're if right. You added, if you added 30 more spots to an NBA, you know, overall into, into the NBA, you'd have these guys in the G League who just, you know, torch people every single night. Get a shot in the NBA. Hey, but you'll maybe only be able to score eight, nine points a night, but being able to score eight, nine points a night in the NBA is a feat in its own. Yeah, I think I think my prediction is what you'll you'll see a team in Seattle and Vegas in the in the near future. I think Vegas, you're starting to see a lot of teams now are starting to, you know, relocate. We saw the Raiders do that in the NFL. The rumors that the Oakland A's maybe may, might so do that in MLB. Oakland. Yeah, Oakland's got a very bad rep with their with their teams and they don't Even, deserve it. Too. They've got great friends. They've got great fans there. Right. I mean, it's tough for them. And you I could very much well see in the NBA saying, listen, we're seeing these other teams move to Vegas and re, you know, relocate their teams. Why don't we do the same thing at another team? And then Seattle, we know that they're a very yeah, passionate that's, that's fan base. Another fan base that deserves it. And I know they got the Seahawks and they have an expansion hockey team there, but their history's in the funder. They got their history is with Sean Kemp. And Gary Payne, that's that's the super that's the size, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, but Johnson, before we close the show, I think the last question I need to ask you is based off of the first half of this NBA season, who do you think is going to make the NBA finals? So what I'm going to be asking you for is out of the East, who do you think is the favorite and out of the West, who do you think the favorite is? Well, this is our version of the mushing hour right now. So I'm yeah. going to say, uh, give me, I, I want to say, I, think uh, I know you're picking the West. I, I know I'm going to pick Denver out of the West. Yeah, I, we, hope I hope this is the year they finally break through. Okay. Out of the East, you know, Boston's only a half game, if only maybe a, a game They're total. They're up on Milwaukee. Ahead of Milwaukee. Milwaukee hasn't had Chris Milton every year, all year. I, I don't know, man. Like, it's so tough. Give me – I have to pick one of Boston and Milwaukee. It's a coin flip. As of right now, Boston has the advantage, but let me see what they look like with Middleton in two months, and I'll give you a better analysis, I guess, when we go into the playoffs. But as of right now, give me Boston. Give well, me keep that. in mind, Middleton has been has been playing off the bench the last couple of weeks for this for the Milwaukee Bucks. He's starting to get his minutes increased. As yeah, I know. It's going to take so long for him to get back right. in basketball shape, though. So hopefully in two months, he's looking like his old self. Um, If I had to pick between two... I love Milwaukee right now. I think with Milton starting to play a little bit better the last couple you know, weeks, I think they're a very dangerous team to once again go back to the NBA Finals. Honestly, Johnson, this would be your kind of dream NBA Finals because I think Denver right now is the favorite in the West too. At all Euro, you know, when it comes down to their face of the franchise, an all Euro NBA Finals would be your 
your dream come true when it came down to an NBA championship uh, series. I mean, and my I, dream NBA championship series would be the Knicks versus some other team from the well, West. Well, besides the Knicks being in it, yes. Besides the Knicks being in it, you would be like... Denver, uh, th- yeah, it would definitely be Denver and uh, Milwaukee right now, which I think right. they'll lose. So. I, listen, I'm not... I'm still... It's just the only reason I picked Denver is I'm still not sold on the Kings. I think they're still far Absolutely, and away... I agree. You know, I think they they they're getting somewhere this season, but they still need to add more I think, one more piece. I think that will get them there. The Clippers is always tough to pick because of you know their injury Injured. concerns with Kawhi and Paul George. Dallas, we don't know what they're going to be with Kyrie Irving. Phoenix has been very rocky this season, and they were a team that a lot of people believe were the favorites in the West. Golden State has had a lot of injury issues this year as well, and Memphis is another team where it's like you want to pick them. But at the same time, it's they're just kind of still very young in the sense to where do can they make that run towards the NBA Finals? Obviously, they got very close last season but lost to Golden State. So maybe that helps them when it comes down to the playoff year. But I think if Denver, with the way that they're playing right now, and especially if they're able to add someone at this deadline by trading a guy like Bones Highland to get another big-time piece, I think Denver is in a great spot right now especially if they can make some type of move this Thursday. I mean, I'm excited to see what uh, Denver can do. I'm excited to see what all these teams can do. Yeah. Uh, I, it's it's going to be so great. I, I love the NBA. It's one of the best uh, best leagues to watch because it's so drama-driven, and I wish they'd play defense more, uh, but you can't get everything you love. So I, I think this NBA season has been pretty good so far. I haven't watched as much as I'd like to. I'd like to. I would usually watch NBA games, just random games during the week. I'd watch, okay, I have League Pass, so let's watch Golden State. And uh, they have great matches on League Pass that aren't on mainstream. Oh, you know uh, me. I've been watching the last couple weeks. Oh, it's been great. I mean, yeah. listen, when you can watch a team like – you, can, sometimes you watch like Milwaukee and uh, and Denver. It's on yeah. League Pass. That's right. fantastic. And, you know, I feel like we're doing a great disservice to, the, uh, to any NBA fan and not having that game on national television. But – I'll just turn on League Pass and watch quality basketball any day of the week. And it's, uh, I, I'm not getting paid to say this. I wish it was NBA sponsored me, but, uh, <laughs> we're going to tag yeah, NBA I mean, in this, uh, in yeah, this I'm post. Tag NBA in this to, uh, you know, look for League Pass right now. If you love watching quality basketball all the time, League Pass is the way to go, especially with how cheap it is now. Fair enough. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a great time, especially remember next month is the best time of the year for a lot of, you know, college fans. March Madness is coming up too. Absolutely. And- I don't know, Johnson, if we want to, you know, kind of talk about what we're going to be doing for March Madness. We do a preview. Yeah, we're going to definitely do a preview of the tournament bracket. I mean more of what we have in store for our, our, you know, our listeners at home that are listening on to the show. We're going to have a very special contest when it comes down to March Madness. I think, I don't know if we want to get into it a little bit now. We might get into it as we get a little bit closer towards the March Madness bracket. But like you said, the NBA season... you know, first half is coming to just about a close. Been a really good, strong first half of the year. Second half should be even crazier. What will happen Thursday with the NBA trade deadline as well? Who will be on the move potentially? What will teams like the Nets and the Suns and, you know, the Knicks even, what will they do to potentially either, you know, look for their future or just keep, you know, trying to win at the as the season goes on? We'll have to find out. But it has been a really strong first half of the NBA season, and we'll see what happens as the season goes on. Once again, this is Nicholas Bavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. 
make sure to tune on into our next two episodes. We have a very big time NFL discussion coming and also for the first time in a couple weeks, a hockey episode as we will get into the first half of the NHL season and a second half recap uh, preview, I should say, of what's in store for the NHL.